Hello everyone, I'm your host Nicole and welcome to the Intuition Age, a podcast where we question everything we know to be true. I encourage you to use your intuition and inner knowing to formulate your own conclusions about the world before us. Universal consciousness channeled through spirit can appear in our lives to offer guidance, counsel, direction, and truth. These communications come in the form of symbols, synchronicities, and insights. Our spirit guides are many, and you could have multiple. They encompass various forms. Spirit acts through the influence they exert in the lives of living beings. They contribute to the continuing enrichment of our soul's experience. Today, we will enter into the spirit dimension to learn about, contact, and understand our guides on a deep, intimate level. Connecting us with the wisdom of this realm is intuitive Chandler, tarot and Akashic record reader, and spiritual teacher on YouTube, Brianna Jolie. Hi, Brianna. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm so excited to have you on the Intuition Age. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me here. So why don't you start by introducing yourself and telling us a bit about you? Sure. Um, so I'm Brianna Jolie. I'm an intuitive channel, lightworker, reader, uh, reader of the Akashic and Tarot. I also am a spiritual teacher on YouTube and on my blog where I share a lot of channeled insight on how to build your own practice and really begin to connect with spirituality. That's so exciting. So today we're talking about spirit guides. So I'm really interested on how you actually got involved with connecting with your spirit guides and just like researching them and learning more about them. Yes, um, absolutely. So I believe it started off when I was really, really young. Um, I'm actually someone who connects to animal spirits very deeply. And I just remember as a, as a child, I would just talk to animals. And actually, as I began that open communication with them, began to then assess and realize the messages that they were sending to me or the signs you could say. In my adult life, I've noticed more of feathers or instances of certain animals or messages that would appear that aligned with my life. And as I was open to this communication and paying attention to these messages, it was just really easy for me to just um, have my curiosity lead the way going into, well, what does this sign mean? I am an avid researcher, um, book reader. I, I thirst for knowledge. Um, so yeah, anytime that something pops up, it was just so more of me paying attention to what that sign was and then looking up what it is. But I believe how I first got into it was just being open to receive what was trying to speak with me, whether that be an animal now in my adult life, accepting angels, light beings, spirits of, of all sorts, ancestors and things like that. So as a child, obviously we aren't taught that there's this like intercommunication between us and other beings. So you receiving messages from animals, for example, how did you know you were actually receiving messages from them? Cause like, yeah. I could just imagine you as a kid being like, Oh mom, like I spoke to this dog today and her being like, what? Like humans right. and dogs don't speak the same language. So how did you know what you were receiving from them? For sure. I think on a spiritual level, I wasn't as conscious of the exchange that was going on, but I did take on their energy. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, <laughs> I have like a distinct memory come to mind, like as like a little soccer player. 
I would need to feel a little bit more like angst or angry or like forthright in my game. So I would actually call upon an animal that made me feel that way, whether that was like a really fast wolf running through the forest or a tiger. So I would just call upon that energy to work with me and like really fuel up the fire that I needed if I was a little bit more passive in my game. Um, so yeah, as a child, I don't know if I distinctly remember it being a spiritual communication or connection or that I could exactly interpret the word for word of the messages that they were trying to send me as they do today, um, as I can better interpret what they're trying to share with me. But as a child, I was definitely able to understand the energy that they were trying to share with me and, and the, the shift that I needed in order to continue. And were you receiving this energy just from like animals you interacted with in like the physical plane or were there actual like energies that you were receiving from animals that like you just, Mm -hmm. you know, never actually met in like this physical world? Definitely both. I grew up in a very rural part of New York. So I was um, connected to and noticed a lot of deer, a lot of rabbits, little woodland creatures and animals. So I would then take on their energies. And in some cases, I feel like woodland creatures are very earthy, grounded. They're very wise. They have a lot to share with us on how to keep and protect our home, how to softly create friendships and loving relationships. And for other types of energies, I would connect to dragons and tigers and things that weren't in my um, immediate realm. And those animals, I would definitely connect through when I would read books or see movies, just animals that instantly caught my eye. I even remember like unicorns being one of them as well. (laughs) Now I'm very connected with animals too. At first I thought it was just like being an earth sign. Like I have a very earth dominant chart. So -hmm. especially like elementals as well, like unicorns and we'll get dragons and all of those. But I just, yeah, I remember literally like talking to bugs and like bringing home like whole families of snails because they wanted to come home with me and trying to like relay those messages to others and people just being like, again, like we don't speak the same language, like they're not talking to you, like you're just imagining things. But again, it's a very like energetic communication. And like even my relationship with my dog, it's like beyond any relationship I have with like any other human being, which is so weird to say. And like he's in my soul group, I know for sure, even though like he's still alive, but like he is closer to me energetically and soulfully than humans from my own intermediate family. Absolutely. Yes. I I had dogs growing up. I was an animal freak, lover, obsessed Mm -hmm. growing up. And again, at that age, it was more that energy um, influence communication flowing in and out. And my dog, who I just recently adopted a year ago, her messages, her signs, the reasoning behind why she even came into my life at the certain moment that she did was so profound. Um, And I feel like her soul and her evolution moves with mine as well. Um, where my my previous dogs that I had, they helped me connect and play with my child. Mm-hmm. And she's really here to help me grow in my femininity, my wisdom, and my power. And I think that's such like an important note, which is our guides come in at very like pivotal points in our lives. And some of them just come to like relay messages. And some of them are actually here to help us like guide through a transitional point in our lives. So maybe we could touch on that too, just why do guides come in? How do we know like what they're there for? Mm-hmm. 
So you can have a guide or you do, you absolutely do have a guide come in when you're first born. You can even have a group and that group or that one particular guide, that is one that you can, you can build a relationship at a young mm-hmm. age or you can just start it now. It doesn't matter. But the important things is understanding their energy. Is their energy assigned to an emotion, a feeling, a color, something that feels normal for you? Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's almost hard to recognize our guys that have been here from day one because they just are a part of us. They are, they kind of just are our essence. Mm-hmm. And then we, of course, can have guides come in and out of our lives depending on certain lessons. If you had a breakup, if you lost a job, you can call in guides or they can just swoop in to help you relay some messages, whispers of knowings that you need to support you, to make you feel um, a little bit better. And their energy is going to feel completely different from the guides that you're used to. It might give you a sense of feeling a little bit stronger or more emotional if you're needed Mm -hmm. in a relationship. And they can come and serve you in that moment. And then they can go on to the next person. Um, Yeah, I think it's so interesting how they come in and out as we need other guides. Again, the ones that we had since since the beginning, they can stay with us till the very end of our departure or or they can leave when they when we feel like we have actually met a maturity of our spiritual existence and have brought us to that point. Yeah. So is it just like animal spirit guides that come in and leave as they please or could all beings like human spirit guides alien angels archangels could they come in and out as needed as well yes yes absolutely I feel like they're very in tune to what we need without even us really understanding it they know a lot more than what we know exactly on the physical plane so they can foresee what we might need They can send us the energy that we might need in the moment. Again, if we're calling upon them or not. Um, As more as I think on that, maybe if there's a message that we'd like to think (laughs) as well. It's to teach us to not be as attached, is what I heard. Um, If we really hold on to a certain attachment of a person or a thing, um, it's really hard for us to be as fluid as we Mm -hmm. truly need to be. We're so caught up with needing this and this is mine and this belongs to me. No, it doesn't. Mm -hmm. So I believe the reasoning behind guides coming in and out. And as they just told me was to teach us and to practice Mm non-attachment as we receive something, we can feel gratitude for it, for the message that they gave it and gave to us. We can also say, thank you. And thank you for serving me. And and now Mm -hmm. you can move on to the next person who might need it. I feel like that's so difficult to accept. Like, obviously we're these soulful spiritual beings in a human body, but again, as humans, as physical beings as well, we're just so attached to everything. Like we're so attached to this material world and the things that we own that just letting go of someone that was here to guide us and possibly someone who helped us like transition to a more evolved way of being like, that's so hard to detach from. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Um, And like, just to add to, like, I'm imagining a lot of us envision our spirit guides as people who have like passed on from like our immediate or even extended families, like just thinking of those people eventually leaving us. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like a lot of people get closure after physical death, just knowing that like their grandparents, great grandparents, whoever that has passed on, like that they're still with us in this soulful way. So just the fact that like one day they're going to leave us again, possibly forever. Like that's so hard to comprehend and accept. It is hard, but we also have to remember that they're not necessarily 
leaving us, that word leaving, that means they're going without ever coming back. Again, they they more so can come in and out. It's not necessarily, they have the freedom and the choice just as much as we do and the free will to do and say what they want and act and feel. Um, so especially if it's someone that is in your immediate passing, they can come, they can go, and you can meet it again meet them again um, in your own passing and, and reconnect in other ways with them. So I feel like if we think of it more in a way of not necessarily leaving, but just having that door open mm-hmm. and having the key be unlocked and allowing them and, and other entities to come in and out is, is really the best way to, to come to peace with that. And again, there are, are other guides who might want to stay with us till, mm-hmm. till the end. I've I felt very strong guides, um, human, animal, uh, spirit, that have been with me from from day one. I'm not sure if if they continue and they want mm-hmm. to continue working with me, or but again, that has to be an open choice of me just leaving that door open for them to go and come as they please. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering because recently a lot of my guidance has been coming from like my higher self Mm -hmm. and like my higher self is someone that isn't in like a human form. It's like way beyond like what I project right now in this three-dimensional life. So I'm just wondering too, like, could we be our own guides or other versions of ourselves, like past life versions of ourselves? Could they be guiding us as well? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I feel like this really stems from where our soul came from whether we came from a certain galaxy, whether we are earth creatures, wherever we wherever our souls stem from, from our ancestry, I feel like all that is connected and therefore all comes together in being our higher self or our higher messages. Cause we've had loads of history. Why wouldn't be able to, to tap back into that, whether we go back into our caustic records, whether we go back into a past life regression, why wouldn't we be able to go back pick and pluck what we need from from that history and use that for our advantage or for the advantage of other people. You mentioned acting as a guide for other people in this immediate realm. I feel like it's a little bit difficult to to call ourselves a spirit guide necessarily for someone in the 3D world. Mm-hmm. But because we are multidimensional beings, I absolutely think it's possible for us to be a spirit guide for someone else in a different dimension that we're not even aware of. With all of the tools and practices that we're using now, we might be unconsciously working with somebody else mm-hmm. in a different dimension. Yeah. So would this be like a past life multidimensional version of ourself that is existing as like a spirit guide for other people? Absolutely. Yeah. And other galaxies as well. Oh, that's amazing. So I'm wondering, like mostly during like mediumship and like psychic readings or even just like basic channeling, there are certain guides that always come forth. Mm-hmm. Like kind of like you were saying, they're there from birth and they just like stay with us throughout our whole lives. But it's almost like, okay, like I want to hear from my, like, okay, no, I don't want them to leave. And I don't want to like put this out there. But at the same time, it's like, I want to hear like what my other guides have to say. Like, is there a reason sometimes when we're channeling like the same, like two or three guides keep coming up? Yes. So we could be subconsciously calling them in again, that door's open. So if they even choose to leave, you can ask them to come back. Hey, I still need you. I'm still working on this. Or I need that power again. I like the way you feel. I love your energy. I love the color and the emotion and the texture of your space come, come forward again. So the reasoning behind that, your question again, was why they come 
back around a few times or why yeah, they're just like so persistent and prevalent whenever they're being channeled. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Their personality shines too. I mean, I mean, they, they come in and they're like, Hey, like, even though you didn't necessarily want to hear this today, I'm here to show you again. And, and that's just because you've built a relationship with them. As you, as you open your space to them, I every day open space for my ancestors, my immediate spirit guides, my animal spirit guides, mm-hmm. and my star seed lineage. Making a space for them, I even acknowledge where they are in my peripheral. Are they to my left? Are they in the center? Are they to my right? What is the color texture and feeling? And because I'm actually building this relationship with them, they of course want to come in and and continue to work with me and even work with me in ways that I haven't necessarily thought mm-hmm. of before. So these people, if, if they're receiving them more than once or they just get consistently bombarded by their spirit guides coming in and they notice that it's the, the same one or the same group, then absolutely they're building a relationship with them, whether they really are thinking about it mm-hmm. or not. Um, and that's just something I ask for them to explore there's something that they have to share with you, whether it be a lesson, whether it be aiding you in your own intuitive knowledge or psychic abilities, prevailing and forewarning you of, of something that you need to maybe prepare yourself for emotionally and physically. Um, yeah, they, they want to be here. They want to talk to us. We just have to be open. When our, like our spirit guides get channeled and we're channeling messages from multiple at once, Mm-hmm. Like, do they all interact with each other too? Like right now I'm just envisioning them all sitting at a table being like, tell her this, like, don't forget to mention that. Mm-hmm. But it's also just kind of like hard to conceptualize because we have spirit guides that are all different beings, like ancestral, right. we have like aliens, we have angels, like, are they all interacting or are there different realms? And they're just like channeling messages, but not actually together when the messages are being channeled. I see them more in their own spaces. Mm-hmm. And again, I see them more subconsciously working with each other too. They all are aware of one another, at least. Mm-hmm. They all know that Brianna has this spirit guide and she also has this alien entity that comes mm-hmm. in. And she also has this past life vision of herself mm-hmm. that is that is working in her. And I feel like they know whether to come in so that they all work in kind of this circuit so that they all are giving me or whoever it is that we're speaking of the medicine that they need or the messages that they, that they need. So they're not overdoing it in one aspect. I feel like they are aware and know who is here and who's around, whether that they know the exact messages that are coming through or not. I believe that could possibly be in their own realm. Again, a lot of guides have different languages they might necessarily have as much interaction with each other as we actually do. I think that's one of the biggest blessings of being human is that we can tap into every single realm and world and we can connect with animals telepathically and we can connect with our star seeds through light language. Whether they know those languages and then each other, I'm curious to know more. I, I have to go into my records and ask them about that. Yeah, I definitely want to hear about that once you learn. Mm-hmm, so. Sure. Language wise, though, why don't we talk about how spirit guides actually communicate with us? Because obviously, like sometimes when we channel, we do hear like actual sentences or words being channeled through us, but that's not always the case. Absolutely. So, like, should we look out for signs or again, like light language or I don't know, symbols, synchronicities? What should we be looking out for? Be open to receiving it in all the different ways. It's not 
going to look like one way. And I feel like this is the biggest struggle that most clients of mine are people who are looking to seek more knowledge experience is they especially look at um, a teacher and a spiritual leader person and they notice how they channel and try to do it the same way. And at one point in my life, my guides only communicated with me through signs and symbols. That was seeing numbers and a certain number I associated with a certain angel. So I knew who was talking to me then. Certain symbols that are physical. I've been receiving tons of feathers recently and I've been exploring what that meant. I don't know exactly the guide who's sending them or if there's someone new. I feel like it's a new spirit or angel that is trying to work with me. But again, it's being open to to all of them. And in the past, I feel like that was really what prevented me from channeling light language and just openly channeling words is because I thought that that was the only way I was meant to receive. And then I, you know, said to myself out loud, I said, no, I can channel in other ways. I'm just Claire Cognizant. I just have the knowing. So, so why can't my own thoughts be what my guides are saying, especially when it just comes out of the blue? It's, it's paying attention and having the confidence to recognize that it is coming in a different way, whether that be a sign, whether that be you seeing a certain number 12, 13, 14 times a day, whether you're receiving words, but yes, they come in so many different forms. And I believe those forms are attached to different spirit guides that are trying to communicate with you. So in terms of signs and symbols though, how do you know like what you're receiving is actually from your guides or if it's you just like imagining things? Cause sometimes like, especially when like you lose a loved one and like, we're looking for that connection with like our ancestral guides, it's kind of like we actively seek symbols and signs just to get some sort of like closure or connection to them still. So how do we know if the signs are actually being sent to us or we're just kind of like imagining them to be there? Right. Well, I believe the science behind it has made us second guess that. Mm -hmm. I feel like people have been experienced this for long before we've been here and science wasn't okay with that and decided to to name it. Oh, well, because you look at this and think about this actively, of course, you're going to, your subconscious brain is going to seek it. I believe it's really the other way around. We started intuitively calling upon these things first and then science said, well, we're going to put it in this category because that's strange. That's weird. That's not how, how things work. So if you are recognizing synchronicities, I just say to accept it and believe that mm-hmm. first instinct, that first knowing. We, we second guess our knowing so often, which is why I try to tell people all the time that our instincts are our greatest gift. It's our primal ancient wisdom. And that's it. If we try to call it a certain thing, or if we, if we doubt it, then it does become nothing because you never got the chance to, mm-hmm. to fully explore it. And then guess what? It goes on to somebody else. So... <laughs> Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> so in terms of deciphering the signs though, so like you were saying you re- like you're starting to receive feathers now. And mm-hmm. I don't know, personally, like I channel through like light language sometimes, or I kind of just get this like inner knowing, like I'll get like words channeled to me or just like thoughts that like me in this human life would have never been able to like perceive myself. But oh, why do I keep, honestly, I keep losing my train of thought. I feel like my like spirit guides are like, don't share this. Um, yeah, no, (laughs) we're going to have to wait for this to come back. Okay. So, okay. I do remember, and I want to know about this. 
So once I went to a psychic and I was actively trying to seek out a certain spirit guide and they weren't coming through. So during the reading, she was channeling like a bunch of spirit guides for me. And like, I was just waiting for this one person to come through. And then finally I just asked, I was like, where is he? Like, why isn't he saying anything? Like I was really emotional. I was like, why isn't he my spirit guide? And then finally he came forth Mm -hmm. and she kind of explained it. Like we have like this immediate circle of spirit guides Mm-hmm. And then there's kind of like different outer layers and like throughout these layers, they could come forth or they could go back depending on like, like if we need them or not, like what our wants are, what transitions we're going through. So I'm just wondering, is that actually a thing? Like, do we have just like a few immediate ones and it kind of just like changes throughout what, like based on our needs or based on our transitions? Like, how does that work? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I believe that there is a select group that makes us just feel comfortable. If we were just channeling any guide from any realm in any form, that might be a little difficult to discern or even feel comfortable with in in our human form. So I feel like they do have a select group for us that we're used to, Mm -hmm. so we feel comfortable in their space. And then as we explore and as we play, we can call upon possible other entities. Like only recently I've been channeling uh, star seeds which is something I don't feel like I would have been as comfortable in the past, just receiving my few number messages and physical messages. When you talk about inner and outer layers, I see them more as wearing different hats. So the signs in your immediate group, I feel like they act as your support system, depending on what you need in that moment. Guides who come out in different ways or from different directions that you weren't expecting, I feel like those are distinct messengers to show you a new direction or a direction that you haven't thought of, a a gift that you haven't received before or even believed or had the confidence to, to recognize. And in these layers or in these hats, I see them more as it's just adjusting their communication styles. Again, that, that comforting, loving space in your immediate your immediate space, your immediate support and realm with those guides, and then extending outward, it could be messages that are a little bit more triggering, mm-hmm. or it could be messages that seem a little fast paced for us. Like, hey, uh, you need to quit your job now because this is this is not working out for you. That might be scary. You might not be ready to commit to that first. If you were just receiving that without having that first internal group of guides that are saying, no, listen it's to okay. him. Like, yeah. For your greater him. good, yeah. Yeah, he's supporting you, like go forth. And and then again, going back to our last question, I feel like in those in those ways, in that passing between the immediate circle around you, they do have a part of that communication or they're nodding to each other saying, okay, yeah, you can come in, you can come in. It's your turn. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I remembered my thought. It was just basically like, how do we decipher the messages that we're getting? Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Whether they be, yeah, just like feathers coming in or light language or just like an inner knowing, like for sure. Cause like Um, sometimes, yeah, again, it's just like words getting channeled or like physical things being presented to us. And you're kind of like, okay, now what does that mean? Right. So, and I wrote a blog post about this because it's Ooh, okay. It, it, we'll it's include just, it in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah. So, when people are trying to decipher messages, it can be tricky, especially if if we are really open to receiving everything. We we might we might not be able to put an exact word to it or key. So first thing is, is noticing the synchronicities. Are you receiving synchronicities in numbers, physical forms, people, or gifts? 
once you understand those synchronicities and that pattern and we assign it in the way that it's coming through, whether it's physically or you're seeing it, when they start to come through, do you have the confidence to then look into the deeper meaning? Do you have the confidence to ask questions about them? Personally, I receive messages through numbers, similar shared experience with people, animals passing by and sometimes physical objects. And then it's taking those and diving a little bit deeper. I asked a lot of questions, especially in my journaling. So I think of the feather, I can do my own research, but I really, really urge people to do their own inner tapping in first. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's really easy for us to look up the meaning and just immediately assign that to ourselves. Because like, it's so subjective to like the message we're receiving, even if like both of us, for example, are receiving like feathers all the time, the messages pertaining to those are completely different, despite it being the same thing being presented to us. Right. So instead of looking up what the color black feather means. Mm. What does the color black mean to you? Is that a dark energy or could that be peaceful for you? Some people have different Mm. feelings when it comes to colors or or textures or knowings. And also as you begin to journal and you assign these things, their, their message, their color, their meaning, when you're able to look back at your journaling, you Mm. can notice when they come in more. Also really paying attention to your, how you feel, your emotions. Mm-hmm. When I receive the number for me, it's, it's, I receive 19s all the time. How do I feel when I see that? Am I nervous? Am I excited? Mm-hmm. Okay. If I'm excited then, and I'm constantly excited every time I see this number, Ooh, something good's coming or Ooh, like you're here. Mm-hmm. I feel happy. You're, you're reminding me to smile. It's, it's really understanding the signs, how, how they act on their own and then how you on your own interact with them. And I urge people to please write both of them down because then you're able to kind of weave them together. You're able to come back to your journalings and then work with it. That is the work. That's remembering kind of your path and your soul and and being able to discern where they are, especially even in your space. Yeah. I think like it's a really good starting point and just that to like like, for example, I get a lot of, like, spirit animals come to me in dreams. Like, I had one about, like, a huge whale the other night. And, like, I'm not, like, I, know, I love all animals, of course, but I'm very much, like, a land person. And I've never really had any spirit guides that were, like, ocean animals. So it's really interesting that it came through. And, like, obviously, I Googled right away, like, what does the whale mean? And that was the starting point. And then I tried to decipher, like, my own messages and my own feelings surrounded it. And how did I feel in the dream? Was I scared? Was I anxious? Was I happy that it was being presented to me? So really, like you were saying, like, get that journal out. Start, yeah. like, there's nothing wrong with a quick Google search. Just don't be completely reliant on that information. Right. I mean, people have been studying spirit animals for mm-hmm. so long. And I think their wisdom holds very true, especially in Indigenous places. So if you were to extend your search outside of yourself, go there, go to where it's been studied for ancient and ancient and ancient millions and millions of years. And then again, yeah, coming back to yourself, seeing how that feels, did something happen recently or is something, again, when they send us these signs, we don't recognize that sometimes the meaning can be found afterwards as well. We're always thinking of what happened right now or before is they can still be um, symbols for the future as well. It's something to pay attention to. Again, that's why having that journal there is so great because then you can go back and see, oh, okay, I see now where those connections. Yeah. 
So why then don't our spirit guides just like tell it as it is? Like, why do we as humans then have to put all the pieces together and then do the work? Not that I have a problem with it, but like, you know, sometimes you're lazy. Sometimes you want like immediate gratification. Like you just want that message right away. Um, And I just believe that depending on their experiences, like if you were to go to a different country and explain something to someone, there's that language barrier and and also your experiences too. Um, You might tell them, oh yeah, I go to school for this many hours a day. They might go to school only a few hours. So really trying to understand each other on that level is going to be a little bit difficult in the beginning. So I believe it is really more so about that language barrier. You can say, I don't like using the word barrier, but it's just definitely a difference. The way that we communicate is very sound and physical what we see. Um, And what they're experiencing is all just felt. It's all just feeling and knowing and energy. So to explain that to humans who have especially been um, kind of programmed to not understand or speak in, in a form of energy and emotion and love, really, it's going to be hard for us to understand at first. So they do need to kind of give it to us in, in little baby pieces. Mm-hmm. Again, it's really making us feel comfortable. Imagine you woke up one day and received full sentences of what you needed to do. Overwhelming. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I would be a little freaked out. I might never want them to enter my space again and and ban them. So I feel like it's just, again, making us as humans more comfortable to interact with them and, and feel comfortable with them getting close to us. So say we're at a very like transitional like phase in our lives and like we just want answers like we want wisdom and we try to contact our spirit guides but they're just like not giving us the answers that we want or need Mm -hmm. is there a reason for that like is there a reason why like I feel like a lot of times like through prayer like meditation like we try to get specific reasoning behind why certain things are happening in our physical lives Mm -hmm. sometimes should we just not know why things are happening like do we not need the answers to everything like I don't think it's wrong to be persistent in asking, but I I urge people to rethink the way that they're asking. I'm really big on being polite to <laughs> our spirit guides. And I mentioned this a few times in my in my blog as well, is, is they don't really understand um, politeness or courtesy in a way that we understand, but they just, again, that language barrier, they don't understand with they don't understand certain words per se, like I need, I want, like those are all ego words. Those are only words that we truly understand that, that thirst and that like really pure anger is they don't, they don't communicate like that. So when we do come in, it's, it's rephrasing how we're asking, are we demanding or are we openly just seeking answers? Can you, can you show me something about how I'm feeling today is more of a way that they would respond rather then I need to receive a sign on this particular person and, and, and how this is all going to work out. Yeah. I feel like that's super egotistic too. Like they know what's best for our greater good. And they're going to send us messages that pertain to that versus like us asking these egotistic questions, just wanting like very three-dimensional human answers. That's not for our betterment. No, no, no. And again, I see people running into this problem a lot too. Are they asking yes or no questions? 
guides don't speak like that either. <laughs> and, and when I receive yes or no questions to reading, I tell people to rephrase it because they're not going to get the answer they want or the answer that they receive is, is really just going to be kind of BS. Mm-hmm. Um, if you really want true guidance and to move through what they're trying to learn, you need to rephrase it more openly. Because again, we have to be comfortable with having multiple multiple choices and answer. Again, that's, that's why we're here. We're human. We're free will. That's, that's our, our whole essence is the freedom to choose and pick. So again, just being open to perceiving more than what we ask and to not being picky about what we receive either. So in terms of what we're receiving, do some spirit guides kind of not send us bad messages, but send us messages that may not feel like make us feel as happy or fulfilled, like just like honest answers. Cause like, I don't know, like I think of like spirit guides as people who send us like these super empowering, like guidance, wisdom, but that's not always the case. Like I received messages that just, they aligned, they definitely aligned, but it wasn't consciously what I wanted to hear. Mm-hmm. When I channel, I mostly channel my higher self or my spirit guides and they never really have negative, um, or, or messages that I necessarily didn't want. But when I, when I go into Oracle or a tarot, (laughs) um, the energy is very different. So, and again, it's also kind of where you're at. You have the chance and the opportunity and the freedom to receive what you want. If you're in a space where you're in your total light heart body, you're most likely going to receive answers that reflect that. If you're in more of an anxious state of mind and a little bit through your shadow phase when you go looking for answers or if you're openly asking for answers again those messages might reflect the same too i see that again more when i do tarot and not to knock tarot because tarot is my thing like and i'm probably the most like light bubbly person that you could possibly meet um but tarot is is a lot more affirming and physical answers. I mean, we can interpret tarot however we want, but it is something when we look at a card, you can't deny it. Okay. Mm -hmm. You you see the person and the the knives in their back. How are you going to go around (laughs) that? (laughs) Yeah. Like, like you can't, you can't rephrase Mm -hmm. that in a way that just works out for you. I, and so I urge people to work with tarot to face messages that they might not always just want light and love. And if you're in a place right now where you don't want any of that energy and you just want to flow in in the good state you're feeling, then by all means, then you Mm -hmm. can be in that space and receive those messages. But I do urge people to tap into both because they're both here to to help us in our ascension. So no, of course. And like, there's a universal law of duality too. So we do not like need to recognize for all the good there's also all the evil and we just have to recognize that we lived in a super balanced, like balanced universe right? and just recognizing that both exist. And sometimes like, especially during that shadow work, that shadow phase, just be willing to accept that some of the message that come through may not be super happy or super positive. Like sometimes our guides aren't going to, you know, like they're not hyper positive beings. They're not going to spiritual bypass. They're not going to tell us everything's okay when like there's a lot of inner work that needs to be done. For sure. So like I've definitely, especially in like anxious states, sometimes like my guides will like evoke some sort of fear just to get me going and just to get me acknowledging that like something needs to change. And it always works out for the better. Like they don't do it intentionally to like hurt you or to make you fearful. It's just kind of to like give you that little push that you need. Right. Cause like, yeah, our universe doesn't exist as like this happy, positive little, like 
bubble. Like there's evil here as well. And that's okay because we live in a balanced world. Absolutely. Absolutely. And another thing to remember is they're never going to tell you something that you can't handle. Mm -hmm. Like you're never going to be faced with like torment or, or, or the day you're going to die. They're never going to share that with you. Like absolutely no one would be able to handle that kind of message. You're only going to receive to get you to the next, to the next step. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. And they come from such a neutral place. Like you said, it's, it's not all the light and it's not all the dark. They come from a very neutral place. So in terms of giving us messages for like our future selves and what will happen in the future, can our spirit guides, like, do they know the timeline if, of our lives here on earth? Like, do they know exactly what's going to happen to us going forward? So they're definitely aware of your soul's purpose and your mission, which is why they're called a guide. They're here to guide you through that if you want to stay in alignment with your soul's gifts and your purpose, to send you messages, to send you signs along the way to, to help you with that, almost like sending little breadcrumbs. Um, but in your mission or on this trail, there are so many different avenues that, that you can go down. Think of yourself in a forest. Like There's so many different trails and, and things that are calling you to go down. Um, so when we think of like the future, they understand the future and more of your, in your purpose, the future is a little bit too limiting or structured of a word for them again, to understand that kind of lack of communication there. They, they are just trying to help you flow with that alignment of your soul's purpose. They know your potential. They know the soul contracts that you might meet along the way. They know the gifts to get you there and, and how to use them to really serve you and your highest self and giving back to your community. Um, so again, they, they see the overall picture and they know how all these things, how, and they know how all these things work in synchronicities to lead you there. Again, we're humans, we have free will. So it's in our decision if we want to follow those breadcrumbs there or, or if we want to go off the beaten path. If we choose to go off the beaten path, they release the reins. They're like, okay, well, she she wants to go this way. Okay, well, there might be some other tools and tips we can get her, but they're always going to try to steer, they're always going to try to steer us back. So in terms of our future, no. But in terms of our soul's mission and purpose, absolutely. It's going to look so different from what they even can be aware of for us. So do our guides then ever interfere with our free will? Because they obviously, especially when we make those choices, do they ever just kind of like push us or like give us signs in the right direction? Because like usually there is one choice that's more beneficial than the other. They both lead us. Honestly, all our choices are going to lead us to the same purpose at the end. Right. But like when we experience certain things, like do they ever, yeah, again, just like try to interfere with our free will and make us choose a certain path over the other? How they might choose to interfere, again, is not going to be a complete shift where we're totally rocked. And and we and again, we don't have that choice. We're always going to have that choice. But those breadcrumbs can become a little bit larger for us to see. And, like, and again, those signs and messages can repeat themselves more. They can appear in even stranger places than you thought that they might appear. Or they might put a completely different person in your path that you weren't expecting um, and say you're already with somebody. Things like that can really throw you for a loop, but they're just here to help you analyze, to rethink, am I, am I really in a position? Am I really happy with this person in this space? Once I see this, this other thing that just came out of the blue, it's just here for us to reassess and to rethink. They just want us to think a little bit harder about our choices before making those final decisions. 
Yeah, no, that makes total sense. So in terms of our purpose, though, so they know our ultimate purpose in this lifetime. Do they know our purposes throughout Mm -hmm. lifetimes? Like, especially like I've interacted with guides from like my past lives, Mm -hmm. especially like my starseed guides. So yeah, at what point are they directing us to like just this lifetime's soul purpose? Mm -hmm. And like, what awareness then do they have with like our other soul's purposes that span throughout multiple lifetimes um tackling your first one about do they come in in different in different lives Mm -hmm. um yes especially if they're part of your your soul's ancestry like you actually share dna and and blood with them those could definitely be your starseed ancestors they could be again where you might come from in a different dimension though they travel with you um, through it all. Cause they're really your blood, they're your DNA. And it's no wonder why we show up in certain lives with similar physical makeup. Mm-hmm. Um, we do change over the course. We might appear as a different race or, or come in and go, but we, we definitely, as we live more lives, I'd say over 300, 500 lives, we really start to attune to the soul's mission that we're comfortable with. Which, which leads me into our mission and our soul's purpose actually begins to repeat itself mm-hmm. as, we, as we live longer. Um, in the beginning, as a little baby soul, we kind of explore and play in all these different things and, and kind of get lost in, in all the creativity of the world and, and things that make us happy and enjoy. And that's all for us to kind of play like almost like a little child and explore. But as we become an older soul, we attune to a certain mission. And that overall theme can have a lot of different avenues. Say someone's mission in this life and their soul's journey as they continue is of the teacher archetype. That teacher could be a teacher in an elementary school. They could be a teacher of someone in the culinary arts. They could be a teacher or a mentor to somebody. It can have many different hats and and look many different ways, but their overall theme of being a teacher is going to follow with them through and through. And yeah, we can have different guides that that attune to those those needs. We can have the creative guides that help us if we're an artist and and part of our mission is is being a creative for the world or we can have more logical guides to help us in our soul's mission of spreading truth and knowledge to the world absolutely. So then I'm wondering though why do my I guess, past life guides come through in this life? Is it again to help God? Oh my God, we're saying guide so many times, but yeah, help like navigate me and guide me to this ultimate soul purpose, especially because it is interconnected with like past life me. They're probably like, okay, let's like remind her of what she experienced in the past life and how she was able to navigate this before. Right. Right. Again, as you you're an old soul, it's all just remembering (laughs) and your guides are here to help you remember. So because we're in more of a technological world, your soul's gift is going to look a lot different than how it did probably a hundred years ago. So yeah, they're, they're sending you messages. They're sharing signs of, are you a healer? Are you a truth seeker? Are you a messenger? Those could be part of your missions. They're very, very broad. They're not as, as small or finalized as we, as we think like, my soul's purpose is to make art to do this. And like, it's not going to be that long of a, of a sentence it's it's more just your overall like an overarching theme yeah the theme of 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 what makes your soul happy and again 
it's going to change as you go as tech as uh, technology changes and morphs. Um, so your guide is going to help you along that way, help you to remember. And then, okay, what if we have guides from lifetimes where we weren't necessarily the most positive, good, high vibrational beings? Because that happens, I think at a point in every soul's journey, like we experience a lifetime where we may not be like, mm-hmm. right? I don't want to say bad people or bad beings, but again, right. like this universal law of duality, we experience that Absolutely. part of ourselves as well, that shadow part. So then what if we have guides coming through that are from those lifetimes? How do we navigate that? Those guides are here to help us um, with our karma. Hmm. So I have so, so much karmic debt. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, like no, no human is perfect. We're going to do things here that aren't necessarily at the peak of what we wished. Um, we've committed crimes in the past. We've said and done horrible things. And, and if we think of it in human terms, um, again, spirit is like horrible. What is that? I don't understand. Like it's all fine, <laughs> but no, but your, your guy who's helping you with your karmic debt, they're going to really show up um, during the emotional times, during when your ego is talking to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, and you, write, you might repeat offenses, not necessarily on the scale that you've repeated them before, most likely on a much smaller scale as you grow and you learn. But they're going to remind you, uh, especially, in, again, your emotions. When you feel that gut, like, ooh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Or, ooh, maybe I shouldn't have thought about that. And that person, they're, they're kind of reminding you of, of that karma that you need to, to rewrite for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I know. I remember just like my yeah. first interaction with one of my spirit guides who's like, even in this world, they're not perceived as good beings. They're probably one of the worst. I don't want to get too involved in this. I don't want people knowing that part of me yet. Mm-hmm. But I remember like being in this human form. I know my energy. I consider myself super high vibrational in relation mm-hmm. to other three-dimensional people. But when it appeared to me, I was like, why is this appearing? Like, what am I projecting to make this appear? But again, it just made me realize that I do have a lot of karmic debt. And I feel like at this point in my life, I was being hyper positive and like doing a lot of spiritual bypassing. And like, I didn't allow myself to feel emotions, like especially emotions that I perceived to be negative. And it just came and was like, listen, this is a part of yourself. You're again, going to repeat some of this, obviously not to the extent as I did in past lives, but just be accepting. Like that's how you recover from like a lot of those shadow traits. Like you can't just ignore them. Like they don't cease to exist. They're there. They're a part of you. And like that's how you just become this overall balanced, beautiful, right. high vibrational being. Right. And we're not here to seek one end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. We're here to, to again, be in that neutral place of just of love. Like that's, mm-hmm. it's so simple. It's, it's not even as crazy as, as people think it has to be. And, and our guides reflect that. Our Even angels, they come from a neutral place. Mm-hmm. They see both sides. They're not looking at just one end of the spectrum. And I'm so glad again. Yeah, you mentioned spiritual bypassing. Um, cause, cause we, cause we do do that at times. Um, I've, I've been there before. So that's so great that you recognize that, that you work with your shadow self and the guides that want to help you with your, with your karmic debt. Yeah. And it just like makes us a whole being like, we can't just disregard a whole part of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like, again, we exist as like this whole balanced, fulfilled being who like none of us are perfect. Like no one has ever walked this universe is perfect. So again, just like recognizing that. And if any guides 
deliver signs that may instill some sort of fear or like push you to do that shadow work, just be receptive to it. Cause there's a reason why that's coming up and it's for your greater good. Mm-hmm. Ask questions. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. And, and it's your immediate answer. It's, it's not something that you need to think twice about whatever you receive, whether it's even a color or something completely random. Okay. I received the color red. What does that mean? Anger. Okay. What, why am I feeling angry? Just keep going down. Yeah, absolutely. So we've definitely brought this up, but we didn't really investigate and go deep into like the different types of spirit guides. Mm -hmm. So again, like we brought up like angels, there's archangels, animals, obviously just like our immediate family, ancestral. Could we Mm -hmm. kind of just briefly talk about, and like, we don't need to mention all of them because there's so many, but just like mention a few. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned a lot of them. They come in so many forms, as you mentioned, animals, celestial beings or star beings, our great ancestors, past loved ones. Yeah, they come in so many different forms. They come from different places, whether that be here on Earth or from different galaxies and worlds. Yeah, they they show up in so many different ways, but you did a great job mentoring a bunch of them. Yeah. So is there a reason why a certain one would come up versus others? Like, for example, I sometimes have like fairies come up and they're very like sassy beings. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, they just kind of tell me how it is. And like, they don't take no shit from me. Like, they're just like, okay, like, this is what you have to do, do it. And like, I obviously like, I appreciate that. But then again, like, why isn't a human guide coming up or like a star cosmic guide? Like, Mm -hmm. why, like, how do they decide who comes up during what time? And like, how do they decide like how they're being presented? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they definitely adjust their communication styles to what we're needing. Um, if I if they feel like I'm being a little bit more passive or I'm spiritual bypassing, they're going to send me someone super sassy and is going to put me into my place. Um, and certain guides are better at doing that than others. Like I mentioned, the animal archetypes. If I need to receive um, more of a sassy or or like warrior type energy, I'm not going to receive a rabbit. (laughs) I'm going to receive something that roars. I'm going to receive something that's large, you know, so I can in in tune with that. Um, I feel like animals are really good for that. They, they, they have such a wide span of different personality traits and, and archetypes. I feel like, um, our star seed lineage and our ancestors are really here to deliver more calming messages. They can come in and out with their own different personalities, of course, like the Pleiadians are known to speak in a certain way as Syrians are known to speak in a different way. They're as diverse as us, truly, and even in their own families, not one animal archetype star seed being is, is going to act the same. And that's, again, so that they can show up as their best self and for us to recognize the differences. So why don't you tell us some of, I'm really curious as to like what animal guides you've gone like in the past as a child throughout your life that have stuck with you, or even just like recently have like any animal guides been appearing to you? Yeah. So I'll explain a little bit about my wolf obsession. (laughs) Um, So um, I call myself Brianna, but I also, also call myself spirit of the wolf. Um, I received, I believe about two or three months ago, a wolf guide that came to me and it came as a human form, an indigenous woman who wore a wolf cloak and also a wolf by her side. So she kind of morphs back and forth between her human suit and her animal suit. 
Um, I've been attracted to wolves ever since I was young. I grew up next to a wolf sanctuary and we went there on field trips and just played and had fun. That obviously isn't a coincidence. Like that's synchronicity if you like, if you've ever heard. And people, you know, think, oh, it's, it's just synchronicity because I live in Florida that I see dragonflies all the time. No, you were sent here and put here to receive a certain animal. Maybe I, at that time, I needed to connect with more woodland creatures. And now that I live in Florida, I need to connect with more reptilian creatures for a certain reason. But yeah, no, the wolf, and this is why I feel like she's been with me since I was a young child. We built that relationship um, as a child. I connect with her through my own dogs, part of my Syrian ancestry. They're known for being like canine obsessed and like just everything that has to do with wolf and dogs. I've always been such a dog person. Not that I don't love cats, but yeah, no, I definitely resonated that even as a young child. And when I received that I was Syrian, I was like, of course, like, why wouldn't I be part of the canine family? Of course. Um, and, And today the wolf has really helped me understand the archetype of my own leadership. I've been someone growing up as more passive, hid behind other people, especially in middle school and high school. As a kid, I was way more fiery and confident and I just led with my instincts and didn't ask anyone else for approval. In middle school and high school, I I seeked other people for approval and answers. I, I acted more in my shadow suit or opposed to the wolf, I would call that the rabbit, the exact opposite of that animal of what is what I was really embracing. And at that time, I think it helped me kept safe during a lot of emotional periods of my life and a lot of things that I that I went through in those times. Now that I'm in a much safer place, I'm I'm in my home. I, I found my partner. The wolf has come back to me in a way in that meditation a few months ago. And you said, you're ready to be a leader now. You're ready to work in a community. You're ready to to howl and to speak louder. So yeah, I recognize, oh, this is something that I've carried with me my whole life. Um, And then recognizing that she's come back or she's speaking stronger through me to to take on her, her essence. And again, to lead with instincts as I more so did as a child. That's such an inspiring and incredible story. And I resonate so much with it. So I'm also a dog person. I, I like cats, obviously, but I've always connected with dogs. But okay, so I have a lion tattooed on me. I'm a Taurus. I'm not a Leo. Everyone's always like, is like, are you a Leo? Is that why you have a tattooed? But a few years ago, when I was like, probably like mentally at like my lowest point, and I was doing like a lot of shadow work and like, I was spiritually evolving, but my physical self was like losing a lot of like my three dimensional friends. And like, it was just really hard to grasp as like a young 20 something year old Mm -hmm. losing, like it's now I really don't care, but like losing friends, like losing a lot of opportunities, just transitioning to like my true self, but in the process, just kind of shedding what no longer served me. But I was accessing my Akashic records and some lion appears to me. (laughs) And again, like I've never really been into like feline type animals. Like not that I don't like them. I just like never really researched them or connected with them. But yeah, this huge lion, like beautiful mane just appears to me and guides me through like this beautiful forest mountains and like to my records. And I was like, okay, what the heck? Like, why did this lion pop up? And this lion symbolism just kept coming up. And this was a point in my life where like, literally the message that came through was like, be your own leader. Cause I'm someone who's like super reserved too, super closed off. I kind of did what like everyone 
else was doing. Like just, I don't know, as like young woman, we just want to be accepted in the society. So like, again, the message that it kept telling me was like, don't concern yourself with like the flock. You're your own leader. Like in order to actually be this leader and tap into that essence, you need to let go of the others. Like you need to roam freely. Like you need to go catch your own food and do this and do that. And like, yeah, embody that essence that I was just forgetting that I had already like deep rooted within me. Right. So like the lion still appears to me, but I think really like that was so pivotal. Like the fact that I had to go get it tattooed on me. And yeah, I was just like, it was, that really was just like so transformational. Like I've had spirit animals appear in so many forms, like throughout my life. I had owls, I've had elephants. I'm really into like reptiles right now, but yeah, yeah, I don't know why. (laughs) I'm like, I'm really into reptiles right now, but like that lion appearing to me was like the most life-changing and so transformational. And I don't think this is so cliche, but I really don't think I'd be here right now embodying myself as I am right now without it appearing. For sure. Me too. Absolutely. And this is why I have my wolf tattooed on. <laughs> um, I feel like, again, those certain animals for us, you, you're being the lion, mine being the wolf. Um, I feel like that's my, the spirit animal, the one that was supposed to help me in my, my spiritual ascension, because mm-hmm. again, I've been connected with my, the wolf my whole life. Um, but now it's putting together the pieces of, okay, oh yeah, I've done a lot of spiritual growth this year. I think the most in any year and and I see it going forward even further. Um, I had her tattooed on me a few years before coming to understanding that, but I, I knew she was there important for a reason. So yeah, we, we take on and, and feel the different energies of different animals coming for certain times of our life. Again, at that time where you felt a little bit more smaller, you might've embodied a mouse, but a mouse still has a purpose. It still has a reason. Um, and it, and it has all these different tools and guidance to get you through that time. Um, but as you grow and you want to take up more space, yeah, take up an animal that is bigger, that mm-hmm. is more fierce. Um, especially again, in, in our twenties, I feel like that's so important um, and into our growth. Yeah. It's, it's so funny. Even as a kid, I was like, I would watch these wolf movies and there was one, it was called Balto two. And the whole movie is about this wolf going on her spiritual journey. And as a kid, I didn't understand like in a spiritual sense what that really meant, but I I recently rewatched it and I bawled like a baby. (laughs) Okay. It's so funny you mentioned that though. Cause like my favorite movie as a kid was the lion King. I even like, I made my parents as a kid, take me to like the musical. Like there was like full on a musical that came to Toronto. Like we had to go see it. Cause I was obsessed. I had like little like Simba stuffed animals mm-hmm. and like, it makes sense now. <laughs> right. People need to, to go back to their childhood. We mm-hmm. were so instinctual back then. We, we knew what attracted to us. So if you're curious of what your spiritual animal is mm-hmm. and spirit animal is, what, what, how many stuffed animals did you have? Like, what were they? Mm-hmm. It could have been multiple. They could have been in a similar family, whether you liked water animals or woodland animals or safari animals, tap into that energy. I recently had someone um, tell me because I, I came out with a, a guided meditation this week on, on meeting your spirit animals. And okay, she, we have to include all of this in the yeah, show. Yeah, notes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She expressed to me that she, she's never felt connected to animals before that she, she doesn't really even like feel the calling to, to interact with dogs or cats. 
for me, that was so hard to understand because as a child, I was just an animal freak mm-hmm. and, and blame that on me being an only child probably. But um, that was just something like so polar to me. But I do believe that even if you're not necessarily connected to animals in the physical sense, that spirit animals are absolutely working mm-hmm. with you. So she's going to let me know later in the week how that how that guided meditation works out for her. And if I wonder what's going to come up for her. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited too. And it all depends on if she's in a place where she's ready to receive it. If not, it'll come for her later on, I'm sure. And I think it's so important not to be closed off to who comes forth. Like, obviously, we have a perception that like, some animals are superior to others, like just based on like societal norms, to be honest, as we have perceptions that like, Right. Certain races, classes, genders, whatever, superior to like completely disregard those limiting beliefs. Because like I've had animals come through that were like, like literally like beavers, otters. And I'm like, what? Like, these are the most random. I've never seen these in real life. I've never thought about them. Why are they coming through? And there's a reason for it. So just be receptive to like whatever messages you get, whoever shows up. Because like, like those are the ones like don't project that you want to see like a wolf or a lion to these like big, strong, powerful animals. Cause sometimes what you need isn't that right now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like again, like people might think of those other animals as small or cute or what do they have to share with me? Animals have so much wisdom and all their characteristics lead them through a successful life and through their lineage. Um, otters are super playful like that's perfect for childlike energy like you I had to do inner child work (laughs) absolutely yeah of course um a a small spider it's it's creating security for yourself in your web so yeah we we can't judge if if we're judging animals we really got to point the finger at ourselves Mm -hmm. and see see where that's showing up So how about animals that aren't actually from this realm or some that are like extinct elementals? Because when I was a child, I was, I still love dinosaurs, like absolutely adore dinosaurs. But of course, those aren't like walking animals right now. So why do these extinct or even like elemental type like unicorn dragons show up in our lives? Oh, yeah. No, they're totally multidimensional. Um, so again, it, it really comes from from your heart space, your imagination, whether you saw those animals at a museum or a book, they show up again for different reasons at different times, just because that they're not something that we can physically connect with or, or lock eyes with doesn't mean that their messages are any different. They're just showing up in a different way. They have a, a whole nother energy, a, probably a, a much more untapped energy that we're not used to connecting because of that lack of eye to eye contact, mm-hmm. but, but meeting them when we drop into our heart space, I feel like those animals are particular are, are really here mm-hmm. to unlock some certain portals for us. Yeah. And the collective. I, <laughs> I, I completely agree, especially like dragon. Well, I don't like, they're all equally amazing and activating and elevating energies, but like recently in the past few years, I've really been tapping into like dragon energy And I used to like, I used to watch like dragon tales and shows like that as a child. And it's like, it's really activating. Like they bring you into a dimension, just another way of being that like in our human form, we can't reach. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think, especially those quote unquote magical beings that we Mm -hmm. saw in, in magical stories or tales have the abilities that we don't even possess or understand particularly or the abilities that certain spirit animals on the physical plane don't access as well. I feel like they're really great for for portal jumping, for ascension of the collective and for taking us into new dimensions for sure. 
Okay. So for everyone now that wants to actually start contacting their spirit guides and developing these like conscious relationships, because like subconsciously we're always connected with them, but how do we go about actually getting in contact with our guides now? Mm-hmm. Great question. Yeah. So this is exactly the type of teachings I do on my YouTube channel and my blog. Um, so you can call in your guides in many ways. You can set a meeting during a meditation if you want to be more formal, or you can just drop in whenever you feel. Um, just be very welcoming in your energy in general. Again, you can make it more formal and create a sacred space. But the most important thing is just to make sure that your mind is a little bit more quiet because they they are re- receiving, I mean, they are sending us messages whenever they want. It's not necessarily on a time frame that we need, but the fact that we create a sacred space or we choose to drop into a meditation or decide to quiet our mind a little bit, mm-hmm. we're then paying attention to what they're trying to say to us or things that they have been saying. So the first thing is to let your connection be known. Actually take the time to set aside to be quiet with yourself and to tap into more of your conscious mind. And then you can set an intention. Um, you can do this by journaling. You can do this by saying out loud if there's a certain type of energy that you wish to receive to them or a message. Um, and if it's if you're newer to practices like these, I, I ask that people sense really with their eyes closed. I feel like there's a huge shift um, in spirit guides when we when we feel different energies from them. You can feel it in the difference of your emotion and the temperature of the room, the energy, the color, feeling, and sound. This is going to be a lot easier, again, if your eyes are closed, if you're new to this. Um, And the shift is most likely the presence of one or more of your guides. So if if you're dropped in and you feel that shift in the temperature, energy, or color, notice that that's the presence of your guides and try not to think about it too hard. Of mm-hmm. course, as, as sometimes we're, we're trying to overthink or overstimulate, which is why it's so good to quiet the mind. If we're trying to do this type of practice, just like walking and talking to people, it's, it's, it's going to be a lot harder to understand and happen. Once you then feel their energy, there's no right or wrong way to really engage with them. Again, besides being polite and respectful, mm-hmm. um, which is something I really advocate for, and then from there on, it's it's being open to asking questions. You're building a relationship with them, getting to know them like you're developing a friendship. With How would you engage with someone new that you're meeting? Would you go in and ask all these like crazy, detailed, deep questions? Or, or would you take it a little bit easier? That's, that's more of the way where I'm trying to go with this. Um, and then after, of course, whatever you receive, and, and don't discourage yourself if you receive full sentences or, or little blurbs or anything, it's all part of understanding their energy and, and working with them. Again, developing that that friendship. It's not going to happen all in one day, or it could. Um, afterwards, taking notes is super important, jotting down what you saw, what you felt, your knowing, and the way you connect with your different guides and the different energies, you're going to be able to recognize it more once you kind of discern who is who and the different feelings you felt. Oh, those are such good tips. Again, like I feel like each time or even like when you're starting out meditating, you're trying to channel like any messages. It doesn't necessarily need to be from your guides. It's just like we go in and like, honestly, I remember like the first time I tried to channel, I was like picturing beings just like stepping forth in this physical realm and presenting themselves. Like that's not how it works. Oh yeah. And like now, literally just now, this is like years after like doing lots of tarot and like channeling and Reiki and all that energy work that I'm just like just starting to actually see like images being presented to me 
it used to just be like words or again, like a lot of like physical symbols or signs coming through. Well, like now I'm starting to do like light codes. Like now, finally, when my eyes are closed, like something will appear in my mind, a visual image, but it wasn't always like that. So again, it's like doing that work again, build that relationship with them. Even if they're just from like, like loved ones who have passed on, like, yeah, you had that other physical human relationship, but this is a whole new relationship that you need to form and recognizing their energy and just aligning with their energy and understanding, like, again, like you feel a shift in temperature sometimes, like you just, you know, like I get it like in the pit of my stomach. I'm like, Oh, somebody's here right now. Even though like they're always around, but like sometimes they make their presence really prevalent. You really know. And you just like, you get attuned to that. You begin to recognize that. And then, yeah, that's it. You start like asking them questions and just, I don't know, you feel safe and secure with them. And I think it's just so important to develop like a physical space that's safe and secure, especially when you're first starting off, because you want this to be a comfortable experience. Absolutely. Yes. And I'm glad that you recognize too, that they're always sending us messages. Again, it's, it's, you got to quiet your mind in order to listen. You're not going to pay attention Mm -hmm. to what someone's really trying to say if you're doing 12 other things. So again, the dropping in can be as simple as just coming into your heart space, mm-hmm. setting up, setting up a whole sacred space with your candles and stuff. Physical t- tools for spirituality are, are here nor there. It's you, you want them to feel comfortable or you don't, it's not necessary. Um, but the most important thing again, yes, is just being quiet so you can hear, so you can receive. And the more open you are to receive whatever it is, the louder they might be, or the easier it will become for you to hear those subtle shifts. Cause again, they're not always going to be a big announcement. Um, they can be a subtle shift in temperature of those little types of things that you mentioned before. Um, and yeah, the only way to recognize that is, is being, being open, listening and, and being respectful for what you might or might not hear. Of course. And like just receptive to whoever and whatever comes through too. like, don't go in there with any expectations. Like, I feel like that's such a big point. It's like, just honestly, just be open to whoever wants to come through and whoever wants to share their wisdom with you. Like you never know. Like sometimes I've had like ascendant masters come through like archangels and I'm like, what? Like, I didn't even think I was vibrating at a place where they want to contact me, but they do. So just again, yeah, be receptive to whoever comes and just don't disregard any messages or synchronicities or symbols that you may receive. Mm-hmm. The intention behind it is so important. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Brianna, it was so incredible having you here. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and wisdom and stories with all of us. Thank you for having me, Nicole. It was so awesome to talk to you and to geek out about spirit guides and animals. It was and just like so enlightening. I love that we had such a conscious conversation about this. I have all your links that you provide me in the show notes below. So everyone could go check out your blogs, your services. And yeah, if I'm sure like we're both open, but you more specifically to them maybe messaging you if they have any questions in regards to contacting their guides, that's not really my realm of expertise, but I know that's something that you're so profound in and I'm sure you'd love to share your wisdom with everyone. Oh yeah, no, I have everyone coming in my DMs, even asking just like random questions about how can I do this today? I'm like, yeah, no, I'm always there helping, hearing, listening. There's no judgment, whatever it is, even just so simple as where do I even begin? Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. Okay. So again, it was such a pleasure having you. Thanks for coming on the intuition age and we'll definitely talk soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Mm